welcome to the Cork Church Podcast. We are so glad that you are joining us today. We hope this message inspires you, builds your faith, and encourages you in the things of the Lord. Enjoy the message. So good to see you. I I reckon today for me has been all about timings. I woke up at a certain time. I needed to be at the airport at a certain time. And I will be honest with you, I got to the first terminal of the airport I was at and there was one person there and I thought it's going to be one of those days. It's going to be one of those days. I walked, to the, I walked back out the doors uh, and, and to the uh, north terminal, because I was at the south terminal, and realised it is going to be okay. But it's been one of those days where timing has been so, so, so important. I, I wonder if you can um, just turn with me in your Bibles to, to Peter. I just want to read one scripture. I have been praying for you and uh, asking God to speak to me so that I can speak to you what he has said to me. And I want to read one scripture and then I want to tell you my thought process. And that scripture is found in 2 Peter chapter 3 and it is just verse 8 I would like to read to you. 2 Peter chapter 3 verse 8. If you're there, just say I'm there so I know you're there. If you're still flicking, that's cool too. I will give you 30 more seconds and we will read it together. I'm going to read in the NIV. It says this, 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 8. But do not forget, Peter encourages this spread out group of Christians, but do not forget this one thing. Let me just pause there. I am very forgetful. I'm the kind of person that I walk into a room and then a few minutes later I realise I've forgotten what I came into this room for. I know I'm 34, but I have those moments where I, I, I go to the supermarket. My wife sends me to the supermarket. I have a list, and I always forget at least one thing. Anybody else? Just that, that person. I, 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 the names are very awkward as well. You know, yeah, I've done the name thing. Been calling somebody the wrong name for, for quite a while. They've been in our church for a while. Very awkward. Um, I often forget, but Peter encourages us. Do not forget this one thing. Dear friends, he says, with the Lord, a day is like a thousand years. Okay, so he's saying, with the Lord, a day is like a thousand years. And then he goes on to say, and a thousand years are like a day. Now, I'll be honest, I read this while sitting on my bed, I was praying for you, and I was saying, God, what is it you want to say to the people in Cork Church and watching on Line. And as I read this, I thought, great. I don't know what I'm going to say about this verse. Do not forget this one thing, dear friends. Let me read it again. Maybe you'll get it. With, with the Lord, a day is like a thousand years. So a day is like a thousand. Okay. And then he goes on to say, and a thousand years are like a day. And the more I thought about this verse, the more I prayed about this verse, the more I realised that there may be people in this room right now or hearing me speak right now, and they may think that God's watch is broken. 
Let, let me explain what I mean, because I've just chucked out a statement. You may think that God's watch is broken. I can see some people doing the confused face. Um, I have a son. He's three years old. He's amazing. Uh, about three weeks ago, I got a WhatsApp from my wife with an invitation. There's a unicorn party happening. I didn't think they were real. Apparently, according to this invitation, they are. It's a magical day. Alexia, the person who lives opposite us, is six years old, and she's invited my three-year-old son to her birthday party. And the party is in November. It's the 4th of November. Okay. So my son now hopefully has been given this invitation by my wife and we are saying on the 4th of November, you are going to go to a party, we're going to buy her a present, it's going to be great. That was a week ago and every single day when he wakes up, he says to me, Daddy, we haven't got the present because it's the party today and I say, son, I love you, but remember we said it's the 4th of November. The next day comes around, exactly the same conversations happen again. Daddy, it's Alexia's party. And I say, no, no, not today. Be honest. I'll be, I'll be honest. By the third day, I was getting a little frustrated. You know, like, you know, if you're a parent and you said the same thing over and over and over, tidy your room. How many times can you say that uh, and, and still be joyful? Uh, so by the fourth day, we were getting to the point where I was saying, what is it you do not understand about the fourth, the fourth of November? It is not now, it is then. And as I repeated to my child that phrase, it is not now, it is then, this verse came back to my mind. And I reckon there's people in the room right now that are going through a process. Perhaps you're waiting on a promise from God. Perhaps you're in a season where you thought something would have happened by now. And I believe that God wants to encourage you today with the simple truth that God's watch is not broken. God's watch is not broken. It goes on to say in verse 9, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you. I love the fact that we are reminded in this verse that God's watch is not broken. And maybe for you, it's a relational issue. Maybe there's a relationship that you are believing God for. Maybe there's brokenness in your family and you have heard from God and he says, I am a restoring God. I am the God who brings back what was broken and what was lost. Uh, maybe there are, there are things in your workplace right now that you are thinking about or your college situation and you are, you are doing the thing that I did this morning as I went from one terminal where there was nobody to the other terminal where you look at your invisible watch and you're like, is this thing really working? I believe tonight God wants to put some courage in you that his timing is his timing. And as I read the, the verse in, in uh, 2 Peter chapter 3 verse Eight. I'll be honest, my mind was somewhat blown because we serve a God who is bigger than what we think he is. There is a gap right now, let me tell you, between who you think God is and who he really actually is. And I believe God wants to just join some dots today and just, just almost give you a fresh understanding that we serve a God who is over all and in all and still working to his time frame. I, I, I reckon timing in key moments of my life has been important. Um, my wife was actually born in the Bahamas, but she is very much uh, a, a British citizen. Uh, she is amazing, but her side of the family at our wedding were there an hour and a half early. So you had one side of the church that was full from, from like an hour and a half, really early, 
all dressed up, looking amazing. And then you had my half of the church, which pretty much looked like I had no friends or family that were interested in my marriage. My family are late for everything. We had our first child. He is now three years old. And um, I think my parents turned up about five hours late uh, to the birth. We called them. We said, why don't you go? Catherine's doing the face of like, that is not okay. That is not okay. I had a very tired wife who'd done an amazing job. Five hours late, my parents were... Because my parents are the kind of parents who say, oh, we'll, we'll go to Costco, or we'll go to this shop, or we'll go to that shop, and we'll bring them a gift. Or I must first get my hair cut, or we'll get this for them. Those are the parents that I have been brought up with. And so it's kind of brought up into me a sense of timing is more a fluid thing. And maybe you're sitting here and you have that kind of promise from God, that expectation that God is good, but there are, if you were really honest, there are situations that you are currently facing, like right now, as you sit listening to this message, wherever you are listening to it from, and you are saying, God, is your watch broken? And I want to encourage you tonight that it's not. We're going to go to uh, another story about Peter that illustrates this point. Um, I, I love how the Bible uh, joins things together. And I'm believing that as we read from John 13, that there is going to be some gaps that are going to be filled, some dots that are going to be filled in as we focus on this truth that God's watch is not broken. I would love you to turn to John chapter 13. I'm going to read verse 36 and verse 37. But let me set the scene. Let me set the scene. This is the same person that we read from earlier, Peter. And it's the greatest meal ever. I don't know what your favorite restaurant is. Um, for me, anything that does chips is good. I'm just a really simple guy. But this is the greatest meal ever up till this point in history. And Jesus has just explained and, and demonstrated and lived out what it means to follow him. And in verse 36, after the meal, after the new command that Jesus gives, there's a conversation between two people. And maybe you're that kind of Christian that has just got everything in your life together. But for me, I read about Peter and I, I, I feel more hopeful about my own life. My relationship with Jesus just looks a little bit more 3D or 4D because I realise that like me, Peter has got some issues Peter's got some stuff to walk through, and we're going to see in this conversation just what Jesus is going to walk through with him about, again, this theme of God's watch not being broken. Here we go. Verse 36 of John 13. Simon Peter asked, Lord, where are you going? Question mark. And Jesus replied, you can't go with me now, but you will follow me later. But why can't I come now, Lord, question mark, he asked. I'm ready to die for you. I'm going to pray, and then we are going to just focus on these few verses, all about God's watch not being broken. God, we thank you that you are a living God. We thank you that you are not a God who is over there, but you are very much here. And because of that, we give you all the praise, we give you all the glory, and I thank you, God, that even now you are encouraging your people, you are putting courage into your people. God, I pray for people that walked into this room with a, a sense of confusion, a sense of mugginess in their own mind. Jesus, we know that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And so today we believe that you want to do something in us, and so therefore through us. And God, we want to say we're open to what you've got to do, and everybody who's up for hearing from God, why don't you say amen? Amen. This is an interesting conversation. This is an interesting conversation between Peter 
and Jesus. And Peter is an interesting individual because I guess at this stage, what he is saying is, I am all in for Jesus. And maybe the first time you said yes to Jesus, you would recognize yourself in that. You would say, yep, I'm that guy or I'm that girl who is all in for Jesus. But we see this conversation and the same word is used twice. But when we look at the original language, there's a little bit more to it. And that really helps us with this idea of, is God's watch broken? No, it's not. You see, Peter says in verse 36, where are you going? And Jesus replies, you can't go with me now. And then one verse later, Peter asks the question, why can't I go with you now? Now, on the surface, it seems like the same thing is being said in two different occasions. And I'm looking at you, the fantastic Catherine Atkins, because you will know in the Greek text, the original language that this text is written in, when it's transliterated, that, that just because the same English word is used doesn't mean that the original text that it was written in conveys the same meaning. So what I'm saying is now when Peter says it is different from now when Jesus says it. And I'm really convinced and I've got this sense in my spirit tonight that God wants to remind some people that your now and God's now are two totally different things. And it's the tension of these two things that if we work through can grow us and can lead us to greater understanding of who God really is. And, and, and actually there's also a sense tonight that if we don't quite get this tension that we may be frustrated in our faith. Because we all have, have promises from God. The Bible is filled with amazing promises of God. I love the fact that earlier on Nick was explaining to us, God is a good God who gives good gifts to his people. But the question must be asked tonight, is God's watch broken when it comes to some of the promises in your life? Well, let me explain why I think the answer is no. The first time we see in verse 36, Jesus say, you cannot go with me now, what he's talking about is a season. He is talking about a, a season. Uh, let me try and explain this using an illustration that happened to me and is slightly embarrassing. Um, we have decided uh, that now we can, possibly touchy subject, now we can uh, have people into our house to eat. Uh, every month we're going to have somebody come around our house and we're just going to eat with them, we might play games, we're just going to do life with people. But there are moments... Uh, where my wife will look at me because I'm explaining a really embarrassing story, sometimes about her, most of the time about us, and she will give me a look, and the look, husbands or anybody who is a friend of somebody else who, who, who knows when you're about to cross the line, there is a look that a wife gives a husband, and in my case it's normally accompanied by a kick under the table that nobody else can, can see, um, and, and, and what my wife is really communicating is not now. She's not saying, right now, this is the time for this story. And what she's not saying, because I've realised, don't just wait till everyone's had their dessert and then tell the story. She's saying, not now, as in, in the season of life we are in right now, this is not the time for this conversation. It doesn't mean bring it up later. It doesn't mean wait ten minutes. It means not now, as in table it for now, for this season, that story is not appropriate. And really what Jesus is saying to Peter 
is right now, the season that we're going into, what Jesus is about to do means that this season requires certain things from you. Uh, I, was, I was that kid who, um, who had a very specific PE kit. In our school, we had this, this rule about if you didn't bring your PE kit to school, your, your physical education kit to school, you would just have to wear what was already there. And so my mum decided that she was going to make sure that I always had everything I needed. I was the kid with, like, perfectly ironed shorts. Not because I ironed, because I had a mum that was like, do not let me down. Do not let me down when you go to school. But it got to the point where people could tell if my mum had packed my bag or if I had packed my bag. Because there is clearly a difference between a 16-year-old boy packing and a, and a, and a mum sorting out her son. There is a difference between now and, and now. And what I think some people are walking through, even this evening, is a sense of, I have the promise of God, I know that God's spoken to me about something, or maybe even someone, but I don't see it right now. And what I believe God wants to encourage you from the life of Peter and the conversation he has with Jesus, is that seasons come and seasons go, but God is still faithful. Perhaps you've got to the point where you've been waiting for something for so long from God that you've decided to take things into your own hands. Let me just give you another illustration because as I was, on, uh, as I was thinking about this earlier on today, I, I, I had this question which kind of answers the main question, but let me tell you the sub-question. The question was, what does the Apostle Paul know that Saul in the Old Testament didn't know? And the answer is found in 1 Samuel chapter 13. And effectively, let me read the story for you. Effectively, 1 Samuel 13 is a story about pressure. Because really, if you want to see what someone's like, because really, if you want to know the measure of someone's character, don't see them on a good day. See them when, see them when the youth conference isn't going to go as they planned. If you really want to know, Patrick, what your leaders are like, if you really want to know what, 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 what the measure of someone's character is, let's not see them on good days. Let's see them when, when things are unravelling. How do people respond in that moment? This is Saul's moment of unravelling. In 1 Samuel chapter 13, we, we see something that, that, that Saul doesn't get, but later we'll see that Paul does. I'm going to read from verse 5. It says, The Philistines, or the Philistines, you can choose, uh, assembled to fight, the, to fight Israel with 3,000 chariots, 6,000 charioteers, and soldiers as numerous as the sand on the sea shore. They went up and camped at Michmash, east of Beth-Avon. When the Israelites saw that their situation was critical and that their army was hard-pressed, they hid in caves and thickets among the rocks and in the pits and cisterns. Some Hebrews even crossed the Jordan to the land of Gad and Gilead. Saul remained at Gilgal, and all the troops were with him, quaking with fear. He waited seven days, the time set by Samuel, but, the Bible says, Samuel did not come to Gilgal, and Saul's men began to scatter. So he said to them, bring me the burnt offering. I will take things into my own hands, is what he is thinking. If nobody else is going to sort this out, then I will. And the fellowship offerings... And Saul offered up the burnt offerings just as he finished making the offerings. Samuel arrived. And Saul went out to greet him. What have you done? 
As I read that question, what have you done? I don't know if you've ever heard the words out of somebody's mouth. I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed. That's the moment where Saul gets that. I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed because the Bible goes on to say, Saul gives the explanation that I saw the men were scattering and, and you weren't here at a set time. And, and effectively, because he couldn't wait, he decided to take things into his own hands. And I guess what Paul got, because we're going to read 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9 very soon, and what Saul didn't get is that a delay is not a denial. And I think there's people here that have a sense of, I've been waiting so long, I'll take it into my own hands. I could tell you time after time in my own life or accounts in the Bible where people have decided to take things on in their own strength and it never ends well. Like the advice you'd give to your friend if they told you what you were going to do, you would say, don't do that, wait on God. You know, like it's really, good to, it's really easy to give advice, but, but the reality of taking that on and, uh, and actually waiting on God is way, way, way more difficult in practice. But the encouragement that we learn from, from Saul's reaction as opposed to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, where we see Paul, who is, according to 2 Corinthians, shipwrecked, spends a night at sea. He knew what it was to be persecuted for Jesus. But in verse 9 of 1 Corinthians chapter 1, he says these words. Three words right at the beginning of this verse. God is faithful. And if you hear nothing else from what I'm saying today, I want you to grab hold of this truth. You can take this to the bank because it is true. You can bet your mortgage on this. God is faithful. I reckon today, maybe I just came here to say that to somebody. God is faithful. That promise that you're waiting on, God is faithful. That family member who may be doing all sorts of crazy stuff, God is faithful. You know the announcement that the government just made? I don't want to belittle that and the challenge that may be for certain people even in this room, but I want to declare the truth of God's word tonight. God is faithful. That medical thing that you've been worrying about even as you sat in your seat tonight, God is faithful. What did Paul get that Saul didn't? Delay is not denial, but our God is faithful. So if the first now is a a season thing where it's it's not the season for something, the second now that Peter gives The second now is all about right here and right now. And I guess as I begin to bring this thing to a close, it is definitely easy to become short-sighted in our understanding. To get to that point where we feel like we've been waiting so long for God to do what he has promised he will do, that we can begin to take things in our own strength. And we say, God, if you're not going to, then I will. We'll do what Saul did and we say, well, then I'll just do it. I'll just sort it out then. If nobody else is, you're not going to, I'll just sort it out. But I want to encourage you from the life of Peter tonight. I want to encourage you that a delay isn't a denial. God's watch is not broken. Slowness to God to keep his promises is part of the bigger picture. And as we close, I guess, I guess there's two things that I really want to leave with you because I guess for me, there's things that I'm believing God for, the things that I know that God's spoken to me for. There's family members that aren't following Jesus that I'm like, Jesus, you've spoken to me about this. We've had conversations about this person. 
Maybe for you it's a relationship, maybe it's a situation. But three things, or two things, let me do two things in the time that we've got, that I think will help you understand that God's watch is not broken. And the first is this, and if you're taking notes, you might want to write this down. There is so much more happening behind the scenes of your life than what you actually see. Let me say that again. There is so much more happening behind the scenes of your life than what you see going on. I've got some really cool friends, um, and uh, one of my friends is an actor, and uh, he, when the pandemic hit, uh, had to diversify and do various other things, do things on Zoom. But one of the things he said to me when he sat on my couch uh, and when he's spoken to me before is, he says, you will never understand when you see a show what happens backstage. You will never understand the amount of hours that people spend in technical rehearsals going, okay, well, if I stand here and you're going to move that way, and then this, this massive prop that will come in, and if it falls on all our heads, we're, we're in trouble. So, so we need to make sure this is right. And there are hours and hours of backstage stuff that happens that we who go to the theatre or, or cinema will never, ever see. And the same is true for your life. God does way, way, way more behind the scenes. Way, 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 way more behind the scenes. And I, I, I guess I've kind of learned that more as a parent, where you see... Your, your child enjoy an activity. Because I feel like I spend a lot of my time now picking up plasticine crusted into the floor. I feel like I, I, I understand a bit more about a parental heart for somebody and how they will do anything and everything to set them up for the win. But the same is true for your life and my life as children of God. God does way more behind the scenes than he does up front. This is true of Peter's life because... In John 21, we see the next conversation between Peter and Jesus. And the same thing happens, which is really interesting. In John 21, we see a conversation between Jesus and Peter. And again, it involves food. So clearly, Peter was a foodie. John 21, verse 15. John 21, 15. Uh, you, you may or may not have heard this, but I'd love to encourage you to turn there. John chapter 21, verse 15. Because we see the same thing happen in the sense of Jesus using a word, Peter using a word, it being the same word, but they actually have two different meanings. John 21, Jesus is on the shore and he's offered to cook them an amazing meal. They don't know, but they soon will, that Jesus is risen and that life will never be the same again. In verse 15, it says these words. After breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied. You know I love you. It goes on to say, then feed my lambs. Jesus told him and he repeated the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, said Peter. You know I love you, twice repeated. Then take care of my sheep. Jesus said a third time and he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And what Jesus is talking about, because Jesus' love is an agape love, uh, an unconditional love. But Peter replies with a, a love that is transliterated as a filio, a, a brotherly love. And I think, again, maybe tonight God just wants to remind us that my plan and my purpose and what I'm doing is way bigger. It's just, just way bigger than what we would even 
think or imagine. And I love the fact that this, this word, word play is on the surface just interesting, but actually it's revealing to us something bigger about the heart of God. The fact that God has a bigger plan, a bigger purpose. And maybe this side of heaven, we may not see it. We may not get it. There may be questions that you have right now, but we can trust that God is faithful. There's so much more happening behind the scenes than in front of our faces. And, and I'll end with this. That verse in 2 Peter 3, about a thousand years, it, it just points us to lean into the mystery of a God. I don't know if I'd want to serve a God who, who was on my level, who, 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 was, who was really uh, working at the speed of, uh, in time and in space like I am. I, I, I don't know if that, that God would be able to do what our God does. We see life in seasons. We see life... And we're encouraged throughout scripture to to live, yes, in the moment, but understand that seconds and now is connected to seasons and there is a bigger picture going on. And I guess tonight I just wanted to pray and encourage some people. God's watch is not broken. God's slowness to respond in your head is not a slowness. That means he is doing nothing but patiently loving us and working all things to the good of those who love him. Maybe right now you'd close your eyes. I'd love to pray for people um, because I, 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 know, I, I know that there are people in here who, who may feel and may have thought that God's watch is broken. They've been waiting on something for a while. I want to encourage you. Don't, don't take things into your own strength. Don't take things into your own hands. Resist the temptation to strive and to try and sort it all out. The truth is life is perhaps messier than we'd like to admit. But in the midst of that, We serve a God who Paul declares again and again and again is faithful. And so, God, I pray for your people. Tonight, God, I pray that you would just encourage them. Put something in the inside again that says and reminds them of the truth that your watch is not broken. We shouldn't take your... Your, your response and your speed as something that means that you are anything other than sovereign and good. We thank you for your promises. We thank you that we can stand on your truth. We thank you, God, that the end of the book means that you win. And because you win, if we keep our faith and our trust in you, then we win. God, tonight, even as we lay our heads on our pillow, I pray, God, you would remind us that you are faithful that you have a plan, that you are working behind the scenes. All things work together for the good of those who love him. Thank you, God, that you are good. Thank you, God, that you are here. Strengthen your people today, I pray. Encourage us again. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promises, as some understand slowness. Instead, he's patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone come to repentance. Amen and amen and amen. Thank you for tuning in with us today. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Cork Church. Also, make sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you have any questions at all, you can email us info at corkchurch.com or just check out our website www.corkchurch.com. Again, thank you for tuning in and see you next time. God bless.